love, revenge, blood, and fucking metal. We back on Mandy. And, so, and some sadness. Yeah, there's some sadness. Welcome back to I Podcast for Two People. We're back. We're it's, back. It's Brent and Tyler. Brent and Tyler. I won't tell you who's who. Because <laughs> you already know, maybe. But we're back. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, if you've heard us in the past, you know we don't acknowledge the month of June. Uh, unfortunately, this year that is also extended to July. Yeah. We don't know what those months are, so that's why there hasn't been anything in those past two months. Summer's for simps. Yeah. <laughs> give, me, give me fall, dog. Yeah, summer's for people who are still school-pilled. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. conditioned at a young age. <laughs> <laughs> so, we're covering Mandy uh, actually now. Yeah, this is like a, I guess a redo, re- reawakening. Redux. Re- redo, redux. Re- 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 redux. Reimagine, because in our first episode, pretty much all we did was just go like, bro, bro, dude, bro. oh my god, bro. oh dude, fuck, freaking, freaking epic. Yo, watch <laughs> Mandy, dude. You just gotta see it, bro. Yo, and I, I think we said that for about like just dude. thirty minutes nonstop. Yeah, I'm not gonna go back and listen to the episode, but no. that's that's what happened. Yeah, pretty much. That is exactly what happened. We were just so excited about Mandy back in 2018 that we just really, really wanted everyone to watch it. And, and experience it. I think we like intended to like do a follow up episode like this, like pretty soon after. But yeah, we also had a lot of other stuff that we wanted to do. And then it's at that point, it's like enough time had gone by. It was just like, well, maybe some other time. And yeah. Then now is that some other time? Yeah, it is now that time. And um, I honestly think that it's it's a really good time to actually go back to it now that it's kind of like everywhere. It's out in the ethos. Uh, you guys can actually like see this on pretty much anything. Yeah, I think um, I don't know if it's I don't think it's just exclusive to Shutter now. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure you can watch it on uh, Amazon Prime. You might be able to like rent it on YouTube. Maybe you got YouTube Red, or you could be a freaking Chad. Mm-hmm. And buy the cool steelbook. I think I bought the steelbook, but then they put out some like 4K Ultra HD Super Dick Big Dick Special Edition. Right. That I don't have. Yo, no, this, I'm the fool. This movie has made so many ripples, and it's like, I want everything having to do with this. We have now watched it probably... Like five like, or six times? Yeah, I was going to say upwards of ten. Yeah. Uh, the the time that I watched it before today was only like four weeks ago. Yeah, and um, it was recently featured slash covered on uh, The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. Yeah, an episode that I really should have watched for sure and it's it's now become kind of like up there with i think greasy strangler for me like i just want to show everyone this film yeah it's like one of those movies it's like okay yeah you gotta see this yeah it's good uh it's a good party movie somehow fill in your whole living room and just cook up a bunch of snacks get a whole bunch of beverages and watch this whole film it's so fucking insane who's who's all in this movie you got Nicolas Cage. You got Andrea Re- uh, Reisborough. Reisborough. I'm not entirely sure how you pronounce it. I'm sorry if I butchered it. Uh, Linus <laughs> Roche and Ned Dennehy as Brother Swan, the uh, dad who's driving his family to Disney World. <laughs> At least that's kind of the vibe he gives off. Right. Uh, a name I have really hard time pronouncing, but here goes Owen Fiore. F- Fiore. Ferrere. <laughs> <laughs> Richard Brake is a crazy LSD cook. Right. And the motherfucking Bill Duke. You may remember him from Predator. Yeah, yeah. And other movies. 
and just like still doing still doing some fucking uh you know like weapons and and, and specialties and stuff like that living out in like he does not say an rv yeah he does not say that the crossbow will make him a sexual tyrannosaur <laughs> like himself <laughs> but he doesn't need to you feel no, it yeah you feel yeah it in the scene yeah and everyone seriously is just so awesome in this movie the story is both unique and timeless as well as nostalgic and you feel like you almost already know it but at the same time there's so many twists and turns to that kind of like old adage of what i guess like a slasher movie might be or like revenge. a re- yeah, like a revenge film revenge revenge Revengeance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's so it's so good. And it's you know, it's Panos Cosmatos, so it's hyper colorful. Uh the freaking, music is fucking freaking awesome. Freaking creepy dude. Yeah, really cool opening by uh, with using um King utilizing, yeah. yeah. Starless, I believe. Yeah, off the album Red. Yeah. Which is where our character gets this name. <laughs> oh, but dude. also there's a shit ton of blood and everything is red in this film. Yeah. Or, uh, like, stuff gets, like, strobing green. Yeah, you got a whole bunch of D&D equipment that shows up, like the horn of a Braxis and that cool <laughs> dagger. Yeah, straight from the abyssal lair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wielded, you know. Wielded by, uh, your Christian friend's dad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the uh, insane bard of the party, Jeremiah Sand. Yeah, Christian Christianity plays a strange, twisted part in the tale as well. Yeah, like a twisted perversion of uh, the good word. The good word. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of stuff here that you might recognize, especially if you're like a true crime junkie or like you know you just like weird macabre stuff like American cults. Uh, so this movie follows Red, played by Nicolas Cage, and Mandy, uh, played by that name that's really hard to pronounce. No, that's uh, Andrea Riseborough. Yeah, Riseborough? Roseborough? That, that, that's not the hard one. Not the hardest. Not the hardest. It's not an insane difficulty. <laughs> Riseborough, Roseborough. <laughs> Where you get downed after two hits. Riseborough. I'm going to go with Riseborough. I just want to say her IMD picture is really nice. It is nice. Yeah, uh, uh, a stark contrast. I guess I'm just seeing that now, and after yeah. having just watched the movie again. Right. Yeah. The uh, the straight black hair, the very pale face with the scar, with the eyes that match my cat Nix's eyes, where one pupil's like massive and the other one's normal. If I said it in the old episode, I'll say it again now. But like, she looks like that one drawing out of uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Yeah. With like the the woman. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the actual tale. The scary I know. Story. I can see the picture. In you my know head. what I'm talking about. Yeah. Sure can. And if you saw her at some points in the movie, mm-hmm. there's even like a dream sequence that's animated. Yeah, there's a couple like... animated sequences that are really good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just point that out. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really interesting, and there's like a lot of um, just like crazy contrasting scenes where at one point everything's super vivid color to just like painfully uh, like the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Is like super just, just yeah like barf lit yeah <laughs> like yeah I, um, uh, barf isn't the right word but it's a very like the sickly col- yeah exactly like, like the colors of the walls are like I guess I say barf because it's like the vibe you get when you wake up at like two in the morning to go throw up yeah and you're just like in your bathroom waiting mm-hmm and then like cut in between a lot of these scenes like you have things like the animation that is uh 
you know, kind of reminiscent of heavy metal. Mm-hmm. And then you have the, of course, you cannot skip out on it, but that fucking awesome commercial with Cheddar Goblin, which is just stuck right there in the middle like of the, the film. It's the water cooler moment. It really is, yeah. <laughs> As we watch Nick Cage just wrestling with shock and trying to stay awake, unable to even process what just happened at, it's, like, a pinnacle moment it's in the like, film. It's, it's a very, um, like absurd but also very believable moment mm-hmm. yeah because like i think back to just like times when like really shitty things have happened to you and then also mm-hmm. you just kind of for some Fix reason it. the most like a, a benign mm-hmm. a mundane details stick out in your mind yeah oh yeah and like you just kind of like remember oh yeah that was that night <laughs> you know or that time that that thing happened i really don't want that ever again yeah unfortunately in red's case oh by the way we're going to spoil the movie this whole time pretty much cuz we pretty much held back yes throughout that first episode mhm if you just want to hear us hype a movie up for <laughs> yeah. 30 minutes go watch or rather listen to that first episode that we put out Three years ago. Oh, my God. We've been doing podcasts for two people for three years. Yeah, what the fuck? Yeah, it's insane. I was going to say... It's uh, a toddler now. Unfortunately, in Red's case, this uh, moment is uh, after he had watched his wife get burned to death and from as yep. he was uh, restrained with, like, barbed wire. Yeah. And got stabbed with the blade from the abyssal air. Yeah, you know, the the equipment that they stole from Waterdeep. <laughs> yeah, and he's just, like, sitting there just crying, bleeding out, watching her uh, basically in one of those weird meat bags from Resident Evil 4's prison area. Yeah, it's like, you don't really know what's in there, but you have a good idea. You yeah. You don't really want to know for sure. Yeah, and, like, she's literally hoisted up in this rucksack thing over, over their their swing set. Yeah. In their backyard, while the entire cult, the children of the New Dawn, or children of a New Dawn. The New Dawn. The New Dawn. uh, The Udon. Who get their own title card. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. The title cards, honestly, are so fucking awesome to me. Also, a shout-out Big Dick Energy move to have the title card for the movie at, like, past the halfway point of the movie. Oh, yeah. And it's, like, straight up just a metal (laughs) t-shirt. Yeah. Yeah, just pulsing red veins. Like, what's your band's name? And then... Cue the title card. Yeah, you have someone, like, literally eat an entire head of hair and then vomit, and that's the name of your band. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's so fucking good. And so somebody, good. Somebody pointed out online recently, is like, it's shaped like a heart, because yeah. at its core, Mandy is a love story. Yeah, it's a love story, man. And, like, that's, I think that's, like, why it's so effective, too. Like, you need that first half to really establish like who these two people are and what they mean to each other and this way of life like this little piece of the earth that they've cut out for each other yeah it just gets obliterated yeah. yeah it's like i guess that's kind of the defense for it. it's like people i guess this movie sort of gets some like flag for having a slow first half but that was just complete fucking horseshit yeah it really is <laughs> like uh, i mean yeah sure it's like i don't know if it feels like living in the woods yeah it's peaceful, serene. Yeah, maybe it does seem boring, but it's also incredibly meaningful, and it establishes every single character yeah. to such a fine point that it's okay that after this title card, you know, like just absolute fucking mayhem is going to be wrought on all of these people, and you don't really have a lot of words spoken after that title card. I do want to point out just how nice uh, their relationship is depicted. Yeah, I just yeah. Seems like a really cool life. It's you got a super supportive boyfriend mm-hmm. 
who lives with his cool goth GF. Yep. Who she like smokes dank and like reads fantasy novels and like listens to Motley Crue, Led Zeppelin, and makes like cool ass art. Yeah, and yeah, like draws like eldritch wolves and like super sick like uh, Barbarellas like yeah. facing down uh, old gods staring into the sun. And then uh, he like sees him. He's like, "Wow, that's just amazing! Just like a really cool like yeah." Supports. And they're cheesy and like romantic. Yeah. And you just, like, get such a feel... And, like, their house is also really romantic. It's literally ideal. Yeah. And, like, I was just saying, like, if you were, like, lost in the woods, you would hope that, like, this is the couple's house you find who, like, take you in and, like, give you some food. Yeah. And, like, yeah. you hang out with them for a while until you're, like, good enough to, like, head back out. Right. And, <laughs> and you just, like... I don't know. It's, it's, so, it's so weird. Their characters are so well-established. And, like, their house, like, their little homestead... Uh, their relationship, everything is so well established in this point. While on the on the flip side, the cult is also incredibly well established. We know who each of these characters are more or less. Like you have your like dopey weirdo, like, like you've got the dumb muscle. Yep, yep. The <laughs> dumb crazy muscle. Then like the, the yes man, the sex ladies, and the sex ladies. Yes, the one that has outgrown the. Uh, the joys of of the uh, the cult leader, the incredibly charismatic uh, kind of Charles Manson esque Jeremiah Sand, um, and played and, by Linus Roche. Yeah, well, I guess he's more of a theater actor. Yeah, uh, though he really brought the theater to that character in like all the best ways. And yeah, like one th- like with the three like main like characters here we just talked about. Uh, I kind of want to say like usually with, like movies with like Nick Cage starring in it. Yeah, it's like. He kind of like overshadows the other like members of the cast, yeah. but not in this case. No, not like, at every all. character has like their pretty fucking awesome moments. Right, they're like, not really like overshadowed by one another. Andrea is really fantastic in every single scene that she's in, whether she's speaking or not. The body language of every single character, as well as the lines that are actually given, are so good. Like it, it doesn't even really have much to do with the writing. It's so much a visual movie. And it's such a visual performance. Every single person is so damn good. Like, from facial to body, it's perfect. I really have nothing bad that I can say about this. So if you wanted, like, someone to tell you, like, what the bad things about this movie are, you're not really going to find it with me. Yeah, no, like, I don't... I don't know what to say. It's a perfect movie I, for me. <laughs> honestly, the first time I was watching it, I felt like the whole world was just going to be like swallowed up at some point by the yeah. end of the movie. Yeah. And I guess in a way it kind of was. Right, yeah. At least in like Red's mind. Yeah. I mean, that's just it. When you when you literally take the world away from a guy, it's nice to not see a Liam Neeson movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Or like a Liam Neeson movie ending at all. It's It's, it's, a, it's a really like pretty sad ending honestly yeah knee deep in the dead until you fucking literally drown in the blood yeah i mean it's it's like the whole like revenge path it's it's like portrayed as like an orgasmic sense and then like the ending of the movie is like the post nut clarity yep when it's like okay what am i left with yeah i've like killed all my enemies yep and but you know my wife girlfriend is still gone Mm -hmm. and here i stand you know yeah i'm left with is just like the the pain and the loss yeah and like you know, the nothing fact really that to go back to. Literally, just spent the last twenty four hours just murdering. Yeah, 
just killing righteous no it's also debatable um whether or not his brain is like at a hundred percent right considering uh he did tap into the skull juice power up right yeah so like (laughs) let's talk about this like third party right so like jeremiah sand sees mandy on the side of the road and he's like i I need need her her." yeah and so what's his what's his plan uh they make a deal with the black skulls which is like a, 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 a supernatural demon, demon biker group yeah. from hell, apparently. Yeah. Except I guess they are explained, which you could call a pro or a con. Take your pick. Right. Maybe it would have been cooler if they weren't, but also it, their backstory is pretty fucking sick. Their backstory is super sick, and they look like Cenobites. They, yeah. Yeah. Yep. And like they just like they exist in this area. They can be called upon when you play a tune also, on the horn of Abraxas. Also, yeah. <laughs> Why? Because it's fucking awesome, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, good call on having Bill Duke's character, Carruthers, yeah. uh, just kind of give him the lowdown on him. He's like, oh, yeah, no, those dudes are fucked up. Yep. You're probably going to die. Mm-hmm. Don't be negative. <laughs> yeah. Don't be negative. Man. Don't be negative. Yeah, and he's just like he's like a, a a weapons creator, but then so is Red. Yeah, it's like I don't know if it was supposed to be implied. If it was in the five or six times I watched this movie, and he's never picked up on it, but I don't know if he was supposed to be like a Vietnam vet, right? Because it, it takes place in eighty three. In case we didn't make that abundantly clear, nineteen eighty three. Yep. So I mean, yeah, it's very possible he looks old enough to have had seen Vietnam. Right. Yeah, and then. Uh, um, the character of Carruthers also, like, you know, like, you kind of get that idea that, like, you know, he's pushed himself away from civilization. He's wearing uh, a sort of, like, fatigues jacket. He's got just, like, a fully stocked RV and, for whatever reason, lots of weapons around. Yeah, he's carrying uh, Red's crossbow, the Reaper. Yep. <laughs> yeah, a scoped crossbow. I would like to talk about that deleted scene at the gas station real quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, let's do that. Um, it's, it's yeah, Red and Mandy go up to a gas station. Mandy goes inside to, like, grab snacks or whatever, or pay ahead. I don't know. Yeah. Um, Maybe well, both. Yeah, Red is pumping the gas. And then a sheriff, I don't know who played the sheriff. I'm not going to look that up right now. Um, no one important? I guess. Not. No offense. Dude. Sorry. Who has a weird, like, not from wherever they're taking place accent? It's very out of it's place. It's European. Yeah. Like German, perhaps. Anyways, he comes up and he's just, like, talking mad shit yeah. about both him and Mandy. For no apparent reason. Yeah. I guess it's it's implied that uh, Red had a drinking problem. Right, yeah. But, but then, uh. Because <laughs> he turns on a beer in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And then at the climax portion of where, uh,. You know, he wakes up after essentially having, like, a full mental body shutdown from the shock oh, yeah. of watching her die. He runs to the bathroom and about drinks down a whole handle of vodka. Yeah. Like a 750 milliliter? Yeah. Yeah. And just, like, <laughs> Sorry, plugging. If, if you don't, like, work in circles where you have to know the measurements of that. <laughs> but, um... It's a, it's a bottle. A whole bottle. A bar bottle. It's, like, the second biggest bottle, okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, that. But he's like, yeah, you're just a fucking drunk-ass bitch. And your wife, she's a dumb-ass whore who bangs anybody with a heartbeat. And he's just, like, laughing. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, keep talking, dude. Like, yep. and, yeah, you see his, like, fist clench up. Yep. And, the, and the gallon counter uh, starts ticking up to 666. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking awesome. But I can see why they took it out. 
because it uh it kind of like gives the idea that red has a propensity for violence yeah like outside of like any sort of like necessary kind of like you know like I feel like they probably revenge. like a yeah a dude who just got like pushed over the edge and and it also does something to the characters other than that too where it's like it paints red to be like someone who was a giant piece of shit mm-hmm. uh likely anyway and then it also paints mandy in a poor light too where it's like are we to believe what this guy said? Why is he saying these things? Yeah. Where did he come from? <laughs> yeah, I'll, it, well, why the fuck is he a sheriff? Yeah. And, like, he does pull up and we see a six-pack of beer in his car and like a, a nudie mag. Yeah, like a hustler or some shit. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's like, who is this character and why does he even fucking matter? Um, yeah, and it's there's also, no other the deleted scene with him in it. Yeah, so. so I get the impression that's, like, literally, like, the one scene he's in. Yeah, like, it seemed like it was supposed to be an establishing scene to, like, try and paint more of the character, but they were like, let's not paint him like this. Yeah. It's a cool scene, but I can see why they took it out. Yeah, yeah. Mostly because, like, you want to see Nick Cage just go apeshit and just beat the shit out of the sheriff. Right, like, you want to see him, like, pull the hose out, douse him in it, and then just, like, beat the fuck out of him and, like, light him on fire. Yeah. But, like, then we wouldn't really be watching Mandy. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, we'd just be watching Nick Cage go around. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I think that it was a really good idea. I didn't really think that any of those deleted scenes would have added much more. Like, we had an extended conversation with Carruthers. Mm-hmm. The, uh, was, uh, the corny joke where they're in the kitchen. Yeah. Like, that was fine, but, like... I could see why they took it out. I mean, they already kind of had something like that. Yeah, with the, uh, with the, what's your favorite planet? And we're like, knock, knock. Who's there? Eric Estrada. Eric Estrada who? Eric Estrada from Chip. yeah like we we already have a lot of great relationship establishing scenes um and it's like it would have been nice to be able to see more of them but i feel like the message was already there and it's already painful to watch you get yeah you get a perfect view of their idyllic life Mm -hmm. but you know before the troubles come yeah, and boy, are the troubles bad. The big, big troubles. And, and so, why why did the troubles happen? So, like, we got we got the cult picks up Mandy, like after using the horn of Abraxas. Yep, they make a deal with the Black Skulls w- with uh, like uh, hell uh, hell SD hell SD, <laughs> and then uh, a uh, like simple simple minded youngster. Yeah, they, who I have no idea how he got wound up in a cult, but right, he, yeah, his literal place was probably to you know get sacked somehow right yeah they just like, didn't tell him that they're like no bro you'll ascend picked him up you'll, yeah, ascend. you'll ascend do you believe in me cool you'll ascend yeah do you feel my love like literally like the first scene we see him it's like the yes man uh home improvement dad yeah talking with jeremiah sand yeah uh played by ned dennehy um not jeremiah sand but the the dad yeah uh brother swan that's his character's name i just keep trying to come up with like an even like goofier specific way to describe him each time but yeah they all they do is like talk shit about him. like he wouldn't see his own nose if he looked in the fucking mirror that fucking fat fatty fat there's like <laughs> lardo there's like laughing their fucking penises off about it right yeah and then they almost like make out mm-hmm. and then he's like oh, i'm gonna go to put him. on my new balance and go grill yeah um put my dad flip floppies and yeah, before he goes to fetch the horn of Abraxas from <laughs> under the bed, 
because that's where I'd keep my horn of Abraxas. Yeah, you know, he puts spot. on his uh, kiss the cook yeah. uh, apron and then uh, you know whistles and everyone he gets goes into to his Applebee's family and complains band. he doesn't get a military discount. Right? Yeah. What <laughs> the fuck? What the fuck? I don't know. <laughs> so he goes and he plays like a little tune on the horn of Abraxas, hands over the the LSD and uh, the the youngster to uh, to the f- four three. Ooh. Three. Three. They didn't hand him over just yet. They did that mm-hmm. um, later on. And then blood for blood. Yeah. After he like downs the whole hell SD jar in one gulp. Yeah. The murky cum drink. Yep. <laughs> Gives you superpowers. What secrets does it hold? <laughs> yeah. And so like they go and they like they restrain the both of them in like a really crazy blue strobe light scene. So if, like yeah, if you got like sensitivities to that. Oh, man. Even if you don't, it might still be kind of hard to watch. Yeah. Like, uh, I know that, for me, sometimes lights that go from, like, that bright to, like, an absolute dark Especially if you're watching it in, like, a dark room. Yeah. It could give you a pretty gnar headache. Yeah, you might want to look away. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I respect it. Yeah, and you're not missing too much. It's a pretty cool scene that feels like it could come straight out of, like, Hellraiser. Uh Uh-huh. Um, where they essentially just apparate into their house and then, like, while they're sleeping, restrain them and separate them. It's, like, the last time they really see each other face-to-face. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. Um, and then, like, during that scene is when, like, that kid just kind of, like, gets disappeared. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, watching from the window and then he just gets some fucking grubby-ass spiky hands drag him off into the darkness yeah basically green hand but mandy style (laughs) yeah and it's like it's never it's never said exactly why or what happens to him or anything like that but it's just part of the deal yeah yeah and i don't think we ever really see his remains no you don't so it's uh something happens to him yeah i don't know maybe they eat him or something probably yeah Maybe um, they use him as payment to to Lizzie the tiger for for more hell SD. I took I took it Lizzie was more of a peaceful beast. Yeah, I think so too. At least I hope so. Yeah, it's a very very nice tiger. At least at least Lizzie was tamed when Red walked in. Yeah, yeah, because they connected mentally. Yeah, the the LSD cook uh can like tap into radio waves. It seems to be implied. He, yeah, he's in like a like an aircraft hangar under a radio tower, mm-hmm. and that's where he does all his cooking. And it's like super special, high powered, high grade LSD. Yeah, I mean, like when Red tastes it, the kind that Timothy Leary would probably stay away from. <laughs> when Red tastes the LSD, he's able to zero in on the <laughs> chemist's position. He like literally sees the tower that's that what is it, above that, the chemist. That's definitely, yeah. It's, I mean, I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be, but you see the tower. Yeah, so it's either a premonition <laughs> like, or foreshadowing or a mental bridge is connected. Yeah, he got, like, his next objective marker. <laughs> yeah, first, defeat the three uh, black skulls. Yeah. You have fuck pig, you have, like, scabs, <laughs> and then I can't remember the last guy. Yeah. Whatever. They're who, cool. Who I, th- I believe was the one who was able to take an arrow to Straight the chest. Through the throat. And then also a truck ramming into it at full speed. Yep. And yeah. still have time to chill. Yeah, like, he, he lost all of his spikes, but he was, like, still clad in leathers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know, man. Hard to... 
hard to tell hard that to tell. that that kind of like um, it, it's when he wakes up and he gets free you know and he finds his like first power up which is the the, the, the vest yeah. the body armor vest i kind of i kind of want to like re-edit that movie and like when he grabs it he gets like the super armor pickup noise from mm-hmm. like quake <laughs> it'd be fucking sick and so like yeah when he goes when he gets upstairs we see some really fucking great fighting <laughs> and the choreography for this movie is top notch the fights are just so fucking solid and it doesn't stop after that yeah I gotta say the uh, the skulls den is probably one of the most disgusting places I've ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you got like a room with like a dead couple who we can probably assume were the previous occupants of the house. Yeah, one is like bloodied on the butt from like probably like probably some sodomy. death beast death by sodomy from fuck pig. Yeah. Who has a who has a short sword for a cock? Yeah. It, yeah, like a fucking curved blade. Yeah. Very seven, like <laughs> lust. Yeah. Um, yeah, also more scenes where, like, there's just, like, random, like, Ron Jeremy porn playing in the background. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, through the glint of the old CRT, Fuck Pig sees Red coming up behind him with a box cutter. Yeah. And, like, the fights are, like, at least these two fights between him and I think that guy was called Scabs. I'm probably wrong. Um. It's Scabs now. Yeah, it's scabs now. It's part of the lore. It's in the wiki, actually. Um, but yeah, like those two fights are so fast and so pleasing. <laughs> and dare I say, brutal. Brutal as <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. Like that's that's one of my favorite scenes it's, after he deals with fuck pig. Yeah. I, I, the first time I watched it, yeah, like, I had to like stand up and cheer. Yeah, it was so good. I was like hands Even, over like, my watching, mouth screaming. Yeah, it's it's. It is so cathartic. Yeah, it really is. And then it only keeps going from there. Yeah. Just um, the, you rip my shirt. It's my favorite shirt. You rip my shirt. And <laughs> then just like pretty much snaps that dude's neck immediately. Just like a, yeah, like a Bruce Lee neck snap. Yeah. Like, even does like the, wide-eyed and everything. Uh, yeah. Zoom just, in. Yeah, like the quick like martial arts zoom in. <laughs> can we talk about the axe for a minute? We sure can. So the beast. It's, it's literally quite you know would you say it's more iconic than like the the artistic kind of do out of the name mandy yeah because it's so unique and specific a shape yeah it's like i know um i think there was like an interview where panos said that like he was pretty much inspired by a bunch like by like conan the barbarian makes sense i mean like look at the novels that mandy's reading yeah yeah so yeah, it's the it's art. Maybe it makes some like fucking gnarly ass axe. Yeah, uh, where it came from, no fucking idea. We do not know. We th- we watch him forge it. We have no idea where exactly how he got there. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm curious. Right, but it's not. It's not a cinema sin. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's there. It, I mean, a lot of this movie is there for you to just be like, accept this, accept yeah. this, accept this. this uh, yeah, keep your eye on the donut and not the hole. Yeah, exactly. You're going to miss the whole fucking thing. Uh, but yeah, so he forges this amazing axe, which is like a fucking two and a half hand haft with uh, a handle at the top. It looks like painful and unwieldy. Oh, yeah, yeah. It is the but most I, brutish axe. I can't remember what... I think like somewhere in L.A., there's like a bar that has it hanging up somewhere. God, fuck, And man. I need to... Uh, Somebody, like, put, like, a Nick Cage in, like, uh, National Treasure. 
Yeah. It's like, I'm going to steal the beast from the whatever bar in LA. Right, yeah. So, like, the, <laughs> the head of this axe, too, is, like, it's like a crescent moon. It's got, like, a fucking mining pick portion coming off of uh, the back end. And then at the bottom of the haft... Like, the pommel is, Yeah, like, the pommel is a like, fucking like spear. Bowie knife. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the most insane-looking thing. And then, like, uh, there is no leather gripping. It's, like, a riveted metal haft. And I think, like, up towards, like, the top, there's, like, a grip. Yeah. This is, like, pressed-in metal. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, he he made it. Fuck you. Shut up. Yeah, he made like, it. Like, in some unannounced, undetermined amount of time. And I think it's, like, after he forges it is when we get the title card. Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, strap your fuck, strap yourselves in, motherfucker. <laughs> Here we fucking go. Yeah. And then, yeah, we get, like, a, like a fucking um, uh, a Rambo moment. When he's, like, in the forest. In the bush. Yeah. Waiting for Charlie. Yep. And then just the silent crossbow bolt. It's it's so fucking good. From then on, it's two different movies. Yeah. It's It really is two different movies, but one can't really exist without the other. Sure, the second half is, like, super hype. It's high on bloodlust. It's covered in LSD. And it's guys, insane. We didn't really talk about the scene where... Uh, they're trying to like convince Mandy to join them. Yeah. Or Jeremiah is rather. Yeah. It's to like, take in his opulence. It is one of the most like sinister scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh it like, captures his charisma and his hold on his people and his idea of self. And just how like fucking nuts he is. Yeah. It's like, oh hey, I made this record, I'm gonna play it for you. Yep. Um, the fucking record label, they didn't know what they had. They didn't know what they had, they're stupid. Yep. And then I realized that I was a golden god and I was meant to take everything in the world because as God mm-hmm. has made everything, so too is it mine. Yep. All I have to do is take it. Yeah. And it's you there can have me. that with me. Yeah. Anyways. Believe in me. Ascend here, with us. Here's my penis. Yep. Now look at my penis. <laughs> I gotta say, like, uh, I, there's, like, a part where, like, the music swells up, mm-hmm. and then it just kind of, like, pans to everybody around there while he's, like, revealing himself, and it shows, a uh, uh, Eowyn, whatever. Oh, Fiora? Just, like, sitting there, like, glaring at her while the music is, like, it's just the most, like, hippie yeah. shit you've ever heard, and, like, right. she's just sitting there, like... Meat mug in there. Yeah, like I, I should be there. I should yeah. be the one admiring and, Jeremiah. Yeah, just there's just so much like neg- negativity. <laughs> like, yeah, very, to use the word again, very sinister. Right. Yeah. It's 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 another one of those things too where yeah, mother she's... mother Marianne. Oh her, yeah, mother Marianne. That's is right. her name. Played like, by. I'm gonna try it again. Olwen Furere. Furere. And then because you also <laughs> had a uh, sister Lucy, right? I believe so. Gil face. Either that or Lucy. Yeah, I can't remember if it's Sister Lucy or yeah, if it's it just Lucy. Okay. So yeah, like um I mean they should all be brother and sister considering that's the how the cult works. Right, and then so you had Mother Marianne. So it's like she had uh aged too yeah. far. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 really wild. They really captured like cult mentality super well. Uh you get a big Manson family vibe from them yeah. in pretty much every way that it counts uh it's not hard at all to kind of understand what they're trying to convey <laughs> at all um and the and that, whole thing is that, just that, so yeah the whole scene is also probably like one of the, it's like it's one of those movies that you gotta like roll your eyes cause it's like the people who ask like dude like how much like drugs was this dude on when he made this bro yeah and and if if we're to believe it's true 
uh, he was on none, but he yeah. had a past of doing yeah. many. I th- yeah, I think he did just about like any weird fucking psychedelic you could think of. Right, yeah. And that's that's just it, too, is that like we see uh, before she meets Jeremiah, she takes like, she gets, not, she doesn't take it. She is forced to take like they drop like LSD or something into her eyeball. Yeah, some super potent shit. And then what they call the cherry on top is like some cicada killer. Yeah, like like preserved wasp. Yeah, that that's somehow like still kind of wriggling a little bit. Yeah, giant fucking disgusting looking practical uh, bug uh-huh. about the size of your hand. If you hold your hand out in front of your face <laughs> right now, that is from the head to the tip of the butt of this thing and if you splay your pinky to your thumb that is how wide its wings are it's held with forceps and then a stinger it's wriggles out of the butt like and a resident goes evil her... bug yeah it's so bad That's it's bad. so bad and then the stinger goes into her neck uh after she has lsd dropped in her eye and then she has to and then yeah, pretty much that whole scene fuck. that we just described she we witness it through her eyes yeah it's she so also good. Has probably one of the best lines in the movie mm-hmm. where jeremiah saying asked her he's like take a look at me what do you see and then she says i see the reaper fast approaching mm-hmm. it's like one of the sickest lines <laughs> oh yeah yeah and then as uh, she's just kind of, like, going in and out of consciousness, because, you know, like, everything going on with her right now, and uh, the everything going on in front of her, she's like, you you wrote this song? And he's, like, rubbing his, like, Just body. caressing his body. Yeah, while his, like... While his dong's hanging out. Yeah. You his, will see a dong in this movie, by the way. We're not oh, yeah. just, like, full saying pee-pee. there's an implied dong. No, like, he hangs. Yeah, he hangs. It's full pee-pee. Very very pee-pee. And so she's just like... Also probably worth pointing out that, I guess, not even in the the porn on the TV. Yeah. There's no titties in it. Yeah, there's no titties. No boob. Progressive, even, one might say. (laughs) Look at this man's penis. It is moderate. Yeah. It is an average penis. And, And so... After kind of like being like, wow, you you did all this about yourself. And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's about me. Yep. I made this. Yeah, and she just like laughs at him and it's just like so fucking badass. Yeah, and like literally <laughs> mockingly laughs at him after she notices that he's like actually believing his own shit. Yeah, and uh, he just starts fucking freaking out, and yelling like at everyone. Jacking his dick off in front of her. Yeah, and then when he sees Telling it, everybody not to fucking look at him. Yeah. <laughs> she like I mean, she's like completely she, undeterred. She like defeats him basically. Yeah, I mean like not like physically, but it just, just totally Mentally. like breaks his fucking mind there for a minute. Yeah, and then like how could somebody who is so perfect just deny me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, and then in recourse or f- the recourse of her actions is they knock her out, put her in a bag, and burn her in front of Red. Yeah, it's then, so fucking awful. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Yeah, and then, you know, like, when Red deals with the Black Skulls, and then he tracks down the chemist, the chemist then tells him, like, where they're heading, and he just, like, methodically calculating and cold and almost 100% silent, he just kills them with absolute brutality. It's like he, he pretty much becomes, like, a Jason... Character. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what I said the first time I saw it. I was like, dude, this is like a fucking reverse slasher. But yeah, like they turned him into Jason. Now he's coming to fuck him up. Yeah, and like they're they're almost 
powerless to stop him. And at most times, he doesn't try to necessarily it's like a, get their attention. I also gotta say, it's like a weird thing to say about Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. How he just kind of like, I think the armor helps him, obviously, but like, yeah. just the way he just looks like so like large and imposing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it's probably also the fact that he's like covered in blood. Covered in blood. Um, yeah. Uh, and carrying like sick weaponry. Yeah, and I mean like the first kill that we get to see him do when he tracks down the children of of the New Dawn, um, is he fucking headbutts Brother Swan so hard that he breaks his nose, uh-huh. and he like gets down on the tree, and as he's trying to say things at Red, he takes the fucking spiked pommel of the axe. And fits it into his mouth, looks at him for a little bit, and then just palms the back of the axe, and you just see a gout of blood it, leave yeah, this man's it's, mouth. It's probably one of the more disturbing kills in the film, if not like, oh yeah, yeah, the most like disgusting. <laughs> yeah, it's visceral. They don't hide it. There's no camera it's a lot tricks. Of, like, yeah, just choking blood and yeah, yeah. Just until he's gone. He just kind of, like, sits there and watches it happen. Yeah, while Lucy is just sitting there staring in shock and awe. I think it's, like, one of the characters he spares. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think the the only one. I think... I don't think he killed the cook. Oh, yeah, he didn't kill the chemist. At least it's certainly not implied that he did. Yeah, he just released Lizzie the tiger. And, yeah. Who, like, yeah, he, like, looks up and closes his eyes and you hear some weird, like... LSD radio waves, and he's like, oh, yeah, go north. <laughs> right, yeah. Like, okay. Cause he had, Interesting. He's somehow able to, like, communicate, or just telepathically with Red, or at least, like, read his thoughts. Mm-hmm. And he, like, somehow gets the whole lowdown from, like, his mind. Yeah. It's like, oh, wow, they fucked you over big time. Taking LSD is uh, basically, like, the Matrix. Yeah, if you really want to tap into the secrets of the universe, just take some large amounts of LSD. Yeah. It was made by scientists. Hell SD if you can. <laughs> but yeah, um, so like then after that we've got like the the fucking fun scene of that like doofus uh, wax in a car. <laughs> like it's like some, Aragorn. Like, <laughs> I say Aragorn because I, I think like one of my favorite Aragorn kills is when he just throws his sword and like yep. fucking nails somebody in the back. Yeah. And like, like gets the, the beast firmly planted in his skull. <laughs> I just love the fucking like two second scene of just like the, the, shot of the axe, axe yeah. whipping in a fucking windmill across the screen. Oh my god! And then just yeah, plants in the dude's head. <laughs> you see like the squirts of blood, and he's just gone. It's like in like a silhouetted look at it. Yeah, mm-hmm. It's good shit. It's super great. And, and then, then we the get fucking the... chainsaw scene, dude. Yeah, every every good movie nowadays should have a chainsaw duel. Oh man, and it's like it's perfect. Because it's it's nice and it's the right it's the right amount of chainsaw fight. <laughs> it's the right amount of tension and the right amount of goofy. Yeah, it's all all of those things. And then Nicolas Cage gets to pretend to be Ghost Rider again. Yeah, yeah, he whips a chain around. Yeah, and then gets a dude around the neck, and like a chainsaw fight that doesn't end with you. Physically chainsawing someone. He played himself. Yeah, but it, it was kind of cool to be able to like see someone take a hit from a chainsaw and see like, oh, okay, like literally one real good hit from this, and like you're pretty much you're pretty much incapacitated, and then you have to deal with the other person just chainsawing you to death. It's yeah. very like Resident Evil Four when you like catch the blade and it like yeah. cuts through your fucking hands and then chops your head off. Yeah. Can 
not a lot of games had like more gnarly death scenes for the player character. Oh my god, Resident Evil Four had some like very like wanted to vomit kind of things. Like maybe the Dead Space series. Oh yeah, or yeah. Or if you want to go back, like Phantasmagoria, mm-hmm. the like PC point and click adventure. Oh yeah, though Dead Space uh, One, there is one that's real bad that I remember all too well is uh, Necromorph. The, the big one, the regenerating one, catches you, and you're, like, holding away its arms <laughs> as its smaller midsection arms fucking just eviscerate you. Yeah. And then the upper arms tear off yours, and then it snips your head off and throws your torso. Yeah, like, Jesus, Lord. And, like, w- having to watch the whole thing. Some of those, some of those deaths, uh, especially on, like, <laughs> modes like Zealot and shit, were just Please get so excited hard. for the Dead Space remake. Oh, God. I uh, wish I could be. I mean, I know. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, back to Manny. We had this kick-ass chainsaw duel. Yeah, and you see, like, probably how bad of, one hit is. <laughs> it's probably one of the most, like, metal, like, final, like, climactic scenes. Oh, my fucking where God. Where like, the weird, like wooden church made in like an abandoned quarry and these scenes are so fucking well shot like so well framed the music's great the lighting is like oh my god like if there's one thing that i could say about cosmatos is like every scene has such specific lighting and coloring that it's just like punches you in the fucking face every <laughs> i think time. they call it a uh, bisexual lighting now yeah i was actually gonna make that joke when we were watching it and i was like no i might be wrong might be, but we're saying it. Okay. It's been <laughs> said. Yeah, and, like, you see him, like, kind of go up to the pulpit and, like, grab this holy book uh, and just, like, look at some of the trash that's written in it, and then he just fucking tosses it. Yeah. You know, and then just, like, goes down into the holes beneath the church in this quarry. It, it feels like the ending of, like, a Silent Hill game. It really does, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, you're going to go down and face the evil that lies Like, when beneath. you go into, like, the trap door in the church, that's when you enter, like, the other side? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. That's, like, almost too spot on. And so, uh, like, when, when he's going down in these tunnels, the first person that he runs into is Mother Marianne. Who, like, tries to seduce him. Yeah, or, like, try to pay him off with sex. Yeah. Like, don't kill me. I'm an amazing lover. Yeah. And then... You don't even know. Yeah, because I'm so sensitive. Yeah, I can, I can meet every lover's move. Yeah, like, and then like we just warm have... waves like... on hard rocks. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, okay. Yeah, and we just cut away from that, and then he's, like, walking up on Jeremiah, who's feeling up the walls and <laughs> screaming... The uh, real quick, the the whole chamber he's in. Maybe think. I recently watched this documentary about the dude. I can't remember his name now, but it's like Maury something who mm-hmm. was investigating the son of Sam killings. Oh right, yeah. And how, how it wasn't just uh, uh the the I don't fucking remember Berkowitz. Yeah. Okay. It wasn't just him who did it. Oh yeah, no, it I was like I watched that. I watched that whole thing, too. Yeah, because there was, like, definitely a person who it seemed like uh, it definitely could have been. Yeah, how, like, he was investigating, like, there was, like, a park Mm -hmm. in, like, New York or New Jersey or something. Yeah. Where uh, you could see these, like, it was, like, a tunnel. Yes. Like, a drainage tunnel. Mm Mm-hmm. Where it looked like they they were finding, like, dog bones... Yeah, like definitely where someone was kind of like, like amping doing up. like blood sacrifices and shit. Mm-hmm. That 
that uh, space camera would maybe think of that for some reason. Right. Or like it, you know, like getting down into like the cesspool pits, like the underbelly, the kind of forgotten out of the eyes of God and everyone else. Yeah. And it's like where he was essentially just kind of. Uh, convening with himself and God. I was like, yeah, it's like a weird line. It's just like, look at everything he's provided. It's like, dude, you're in like a fucking like sewer system beneath a church. Right. Yeah. Like you were in the lowest place that you possibly could be. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then Red just throws the head of Marianne. Yeah. Rolling at his feet as he starts screaming in horror. It's not even like, I suppose. I mean, it was clearly an artistic choice, but it's it's not mm-hmm. even like a big final confrontation. Really, it's not a no. battle. It's just like, hey, I've a uh, I've come back to kill you. Yeah, and, I'm and we also that. know that Jeremiah Sand is not an incredibly powerful adversary. He is charismatic. Yeah, when it comes down to it, like cult left. leaders, yeah, cult leaders aren't powerful uh, in any other way other than of their their willpower and their charisma yeah their ability to sway others and whittle away at their wills and so when you have someone who literally has no way of being swayed then you've met your end (laughs) and he's just like speaking to him in like this low booming voice as jeremiah is brought down to his knees and, and pleads with him, saying, yeah. suck I'll fucking suck your dick, man! Yeah. And then it does an about face, and he's like, no! No! <laughs> yeah, it just fucking... As he's, like, spitting when he's talking. Yeah, it's so good. It's so fucking good. Yeah, and keep in mind he's saying that while Nick Cage, Red Miller, uh, has his head cupped in his hands. Yeah. And then squishes his fucking head in. Yeah, like Riccio style. Yeah, and the Riccio the, is more uh, intense, I'd say. But right, yeah, whatever, the, whatever. And the like the practical effects, yet. the the prosthetics used, everything like that are is just so. It's very good. Fucking good, so good. And then you know, in a in the poetic kind of way, he uses a lighter that he uses to light all of his smokes, to just set everything on fire. Also, got to point out that how like the some of the final kills in the movie are like practically orgasmic in the way he handles them. Yeah. When he watches uh, the guy he kills in the chainsaw duel, he's just like watching him like just like a lover. Yep. <laughs> like he's yeah. just like smiling and his like eyes are like practically closed and he's just like like he's like hearing some sweet music. Really relishing in it. Yeah. yeah. And then, like, when he actually kills Jeremiah Sand, yeah, there's, like, a near, like, climax <laughs> moment, and he goes, oh! Yeah, it just sounds like he just straight up... Yeah, he sounds orgasm. like he sounds like Leon Kennedy dying in <laughs> Resident Evil 4. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sound will never get old. It's, it's a good sound. Yeah, and then we kind of have this uh, this kind of very sad kind of end of the delusion and the the I believe you put it post nut clarity. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's know? like really, it's like yeah, like what's left for him really? Right, and we see, uh, you know, why that shirt was his favorite shirt. It was the very shirt that he was wearing when he met Mandy, and just like kind of like going back to how he got here and he's just kind of wondering to himself probably i think silently as he's driving away from all the carnage like how did i get here yeah that really seems like in his own mind that like she's with him again but it's like mm. she and like yeah if you if you pay attention to the first time that she's shown in the car with him as he's driving away she's ethereal like she is see-through it's like 
a ghost. And then it does, like, a harder light, and it's like, okay, yeah, they're both in there. Yep. And <laughs> then it goes back to him to show you, like, he's just mad, like, yeah. insane. Probably one of the best. I think, I think we used it as the thumbnail for the first episode. Yes. Yeah. Just all in red, and then a darker red still for the blood just covering him. Just this a very maddening harsh, smile. like, spotlight on him, practically. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he just kind of turns back to look at the road, and, like, the car just kind of emptied just him, and he just drives into just nothing. Yeah, it's, it's like, the planet is now, like, the, like Jupiter or Saturn or something. Right, like yeah. Some you can shit. see, like, both the moons, like, I know, it's outward. supposed to be a gaseous planet, but... Yeah, and... Pretend, like, if you will. Yeah, the sun is super far away. It is cold. It is alien. It's not Earth anymore because she's gone. It's yeah. something else. It's somewhere else. And he has no idea where to go I feel like you can make there. the case, sort of, mm-hmm. that like pretty much everything that happens after the the burning is like all in his head. You could, yeah. I think that like while it's interesting to think about that kind of idea... I think there's more evidence that... It is really happening. Yeah, and that it definitely did happen. I heard somebody say that that could be it, but I don't know. I don't think there's enough. I also feel like that's like a really fucking overutilized cop contrarian cop out. Yeah, like uh, actually it didn't happen, and he's just suffering from a psychotic break. It's like uh, I mean, or like maybe he did die, right? Back at the house. I mean, you could probably also make the argument that he did. So I feel like some of the dream sequences could hold keys. Like that one where, uh, like, Cartoon Mandy is, like, over Rotten. the... Mm, I, I was going to say the one where she's, like, over, like, the wounded tiger. And then oh, she, yeah, like, pulls yeah. out, like, the gem from its, like, innards. Mm-hmm. The gem of Garkul, perhaps. <laughs> Size of a monkey's fist. <laughs> it keeps the sun from exploding. <laughs> My gem keeps the sun from exploding. <laughs> okay, okay. And Dick Van Dyke comes down from the chimney. Yeah, with his, his giant teeth. All of his legs. <laughs> and his gnashing giant teeth. <laughs> oh, fuck. But yeah, no, it's... It, there's there's obviously a lot of uh, symbolism here and there. And, like, you know, there's probably some, like, little hidden things I would say it's definitely well. a movie that, like, you might get a different idea of it every time you watch it. I, yeah. also, I was thinking the other day, before we even decide we're going to do another episode, how, like... Mandy seems like a movie that um, will probably get even bigger as time goes on. Yeah, like it, I really think it will. Kind of like you know, like I don't know, like the thing, the thing. You know, where it just it gets a lot. I don't know, like people like ten, twenty years from now are gonna like watch it again. You'd be like, holy fuck! Yeah, I also feel like that's exactly but it how like... I see Nicolas Cage though. It's <laughs> like, well, he's done some stinker ass movies. Sure, he's done some really fucking phenomenal work too. I can't say that like anything that I've seen him in really. I can't say he hasn't been bad. Or yeah. I can't say he's been bad in anything. Either. Yeah. There's always like some, at least like one, one or two memorable things he'll do in just about any performance I've seen him in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And and we've we've seen so many. I think that in time people will actually fully understand. Be like, okay, so like yeah, that movie was trash. Actors do trash movies here and there, but the the actual acting range for this guy is insane. And I love to watch uh, this movie with people that are like not go Nicholas Cage is in it. It's like yeah, yeah he is. Oh yeah, he's fucking all in it. <laughs> yeah, it's like this is yeah this is one of the movies I point to when people like are like iffy about Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. 
that are like Bad Lieutenant Protocol New Orleans. So fucking great. And if you uh, if you're wondering what the fuck that is, go listen to our episode on that and uh, go check out that movie because Exhibit's in it. Yeah, and, and so actually, is Crack. He's honestly really not bad in it. He's actually pretty fucking good. Yeah, it's it's a very very good movie, especially if you're on a Nicolas Cage kick. Um, we gotta we gotta cover more Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. You know, like, we gotta, like, teeter on the fact that we might be a Nicolas Cage podcast. I feel like we said that back in the day. Oh, yeah, we have several times. And uh, never forget, true uh, PFTP uh, old heads might remember <laughs> that our original fucking uh, cover art for the podcast was me and Brent hanging out on a couch with Nicolas Cage from Vampire's Kiss. Only in our dreams. Yeah, if only. Oh, That'd man. be a fun movie to cover, sort of. It would be, yeah. Or um, heist, um, the trust. The trust. Yeah, it's about one. a heist. Yeah. <laughs> that's a it's really also, fucking You can awesome probably film. like make a diagram of like the trust and then point some other dots. Yep. And then you'll get Mandy. Yeah, because you know Elijah Wood uh, with Spectrovision, uh, having talked to Panos Cosmatos and being like, "No, you need to put Nicolas Cage as the main character, not as Jeremiah Sand. He will knock it out of the park." And Cosmatos was like, "Uh," it's yeah, like, okay. "No, you gotta." And we got. I Mandy. think like, I th- I think at first um. They, like, refused Nick Cage, but I think, like, yeah. apparently the story is uh, Panos Cosmos had a dream where he saw Red play, or saw Nick Cage playing Red. Yeah, And yeah. it's just like, okay, yeah, yeah, you're the right guy for this. The, it's actually covered. Elijah Wood and, uh, God, the other fella, I can't remember his name, that uh, he essentially runs Spectrovision with, mm-hmm. they have a podcast, Spectrovision, where they go and talk to these various directors and stuff, and one of them, one of these episodes is um, Panos Cosmatos, as, as well as uh, Guillermo del Toro, a couple other ones. Really, really awesome podcast. But uh, they talk about that whole thing. And yeah, he completely shut it down at one point and then called back suddenly out of the blue. And he's like, okay, no, you know what? I need Nicolas Cage <laughs> as Red. And it's it's a very fun thing. I think it's called Visitations. Yeah. And you should check that out if you're into hearing uh, some behind-the-scenes stuff and hearing what directors have to say. I was going to say, it was really sad. Um, the uh, the last drive-in episode, they couldn't... I think they said they like tried to contact Nick Cage, but for mm. whatever reason, yeah, he couldn't be on the show. Cause they, had a lot, they had a lot of guests. Yeah, that would have been... I'm just the thought of Nick Cage being on the show with Joe Bob Briggs and yeah, and like Darcy and like all the other crew there. Oh man, that been a lot of fun. Except that uh, during like COVID times, they've been doing like um like the Space Ghost style. Oh yeah, yeah. Where, like they put him on like a TV like that sat in the studio. And yeah. like, it's like it's obviously like pre-recorded like Space yeah. Ghost, but like Zorak is still sitting over there yeah, in his just, like, like keyboard circle table. Yeah, let's cut to Moltar. Yeah, what's he doing? Oh, he's watching cartoons. <laughs> Like an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I miss Space Ghost, man. I got like the I got like volumes one through three on DVD. Oh, that's so which good. Which I think was pretty much like all the episodes that they had rights to put on a DVD at the time. Oh man. <laughs> but yeah, I think that I think that pretty much encapsulates everything that we had always wanted to say about Mandy. Uh, we've been holding on to that for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I hope that if you haven't watched it... I mean, I, I would still say it's, like, still my favorite movie of 2018. I, oh, it was, easily. It, it was technically a 2017 movie, I believe. Okay. But I think it had its wide release in 2018. I'm calling it a 2018 movie, because that's when I yeah. saw it. 
Yeah, same. That's why I... Yeah. Because so. I think you and I had to wait until we could actually grab the Blu-ray. Yeah, I think that... Yeah. And, and then I, I remember getting amped, and we thought we were going to cover it when it hit Shutter. Yeah. And here we are, in 2021. Uh-huh. <laughs> but it's, it's, a, it's, so, it's so good, especially now that you can find it anywhere. You should seriously watch it. Um, you know, if you listen to the whole episode and kind of heard our breakdown of uh, the major points and stuff, just know that there's so much there that we didn't cover that you will be able to just experience because it is a visual experience. It is a movie. <laughs> so you should definitely go and watch a film. And that is why we love doing this podcast, because we want to tell you guys about really, really awesome movies that we love. A lot. Yeah, this is one of those? Yeah, we don't usually cover movies that we think suck. So <laughs> Maybe someday. Every every one of these episodes is a movie that we would like uh, to recommend to you. You still need that negativity, man. Yeah, you just don't need that kind of negativity, bro. Um, you know, the one thing that I would like to bring up that I haven't done in a few episodes... Uh, because we've been doing a lot of older films, uh-huh. is, you know, like, what would you like to see come from this, kind of like the production of this? Like, Panos Cosmatos uh, moving forward, oh, Nick God, Cage yeah. moving forward, uh, literally, like, if you were that guy, I don't think either of us are, do you want a Mandy sequel? Like, no, the story's been told it's perfect by itself. Yeah, we don't need to see another thing. standalone. Yeah. We don't need a Mandy universe. Yeah, a Mandiverse. <laughs> Honestly, for me, um, I'm, I'm brought back to us having to take off a movie that I really enjoyed from our podcast library because we just could not fucking stand for the director's actions. Color Out of Space, if you had listened to that episode. It's a good movie. It's a great movie, but fuck that piece of shit. And uh, he kind of ruined it for me, and I don't think that I could ever go back and watch it. Um, But, uh, you know, if if you want to look into that, that's on you. I won't spend time on it. But I would love to see Penos Cosmatos pick up uh, that kind of movie and, and move forward with something that is like cosmic horror, eldritch horror, all the color, all the hyper fucking mind exploding shit I, yeah, that he does. I think yeah, I think he'd probably be the kind of person whose vision I would want to see. Yeah. brought to life in that kind of uh, universe. Yeah, I mean if you look at like uh just the the cover art for Color Out of Space, it feels like it could have come from the mind of Cosmatos and it just makes me sad that it fucking didn't honestly like I could I didn't bring them yeah I didn't bring the the, the blu-ray case but if I held both of them side by side <laughs> they look very similar yeah both have Nick Cage on it they both have that like purplish the, the, the bisexual lighting on it yeah 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 I think they're I do believe Color Out of Space was Spectre Vision I believe so as well. Yeah, because, yeah, Spectivision had to actually cut ties with the director. Yeah, because yeah. he's a giant piece of shit. Yeah. Again, I mean, I think that you should look into that, and when we do remove an episode, it's for good reason. You know, like, we just don't yeah. stand for that kind of thing. Because I'm pretty sure I had, like, nothing but nice things to say about him in that episode. Right, yeah, so did I. And then it came to light the kind of person that he actually is, and that's just it, is... uh 
you know, that's what happens when you look at someone that you don't know. Like, I hope he can change, I guess. I don't, mm. Yeah, I guess uh, I'm just trying to be positive, I guess. Right. But, yeah, that's, as it stands, I cannot, in good faith, uh, keep that up. Yeah, man. But that's that's what I'd like to see. Is there anything that you'd like to add or say that you'd like to see Cosmatos uh, I mean, try to tackle? Uh, I guess all I'll say is, yeah, I'm curious to see whatever he decides to do next, if he makes another movie. Cause, uh, uh, beyond the Black Rainbow, that was like 2011 or 12. Yeah, and, and then, then you know, five years later, Mandy. Yeah, and so, so it's been three years. Maybe three, if he's four got something since. else cooking that you know maybe we'll see in a year or two. Yeah, and it'd be really sick if uh, he kind of had one of those director-actor relationships with <laughs> Nick Cage. Yeah, and because oh man, I would love to see more of that kind of story. Um, and yeah, it's just it's too bad. I was really excited about Color Out of Space. And seeing uh, the other three movies, yeah, I think yeah, he had planned. Yeah, they had more stuff planned with them, but that's, son of a bitch, I got flushed down the turlet. Yeah, well, um, I think I, I think that's on a negative note, but <laughs> yeah, the 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 core you should take from this episode is yeah. that Andy is a fucking kick-ass movie. It slaps. It, it slaps. Has drip. There's so much drip in this film, and yeah, it's it's yeah, it's one of the I would always recommend it to like coworkers. Yeah. Because I had, like, a reputation for being, like, a huge Nick Cage fan. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm like, yeah, well, check out. Why don't you watch Mandy back-to-back three times in a row and then come back and tell me Nick Cage sucks? <laughs> right? I don't think you can. Yeah. The first time is for you to just be in <laughs> awe and excitement. The second time is for you to be able to take in the things that you might have missed when you were excited. And the third one is to actually take in everything and understand what you just saw. <laughs> There's probably a lot of like fun behind the scenes stuff we could have like looked into and covered, but really, I, I guess we mostly just wanted to talk about like the experience of the film itself. Right. Something that you know, maybe you'll have your own thoughts if you see it. Yeah, I really hope you do, and I I could not recommend this film more. It is definitely one of my favorite films of all time, and. Uh, there's always going to be more Nick Cage films on this uh, podcast. And if you want to know other Nick Cage films that are awesome, yeah. just stay tuned. I definitely, I do predict this being like a huge, like cult following movie. I mean, it, it kind of already is, but like, yeah, I think it'll in time, kind of uh, stand the test of time. And yeah, just, I think it'll keep finding new audiences. Yeah. I think, I think that'll probably be timeless. Uh, otherwise, if you want to keep up with us, check the show notes. We've got my Twitch. We've got Brent's Twitch. I got stuff going on in the pipe it's in the background. I'm working on it real hard. And, uh, yeah, life's, life's been crazy. Mm-hmm. Life's been crazy. That's that's why there's a lot of time between these episodes. It's not because we want there to be, but that's just the way it do be like. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried uh we sort of tried to get together uh, on, like, the 4th of July, but that didn't work out. Yeah, Nico's really doesn't like the fireworks. I had to come home and be a a good dog dad basically maybe maybe we'll cover the last temptation of christ oh yeah dude that would be fucking awesome i do still want to do a bad lieutenant and bad lieutenant and now i really want to do yeah now i really want to do um uh doggy dog Mm. after after seeing that uh preview again i love that movie so much yeah out of those what would you like to see sound off in the comments below i guess um, 
or yeah. email us. You should put the email in the, uh, yeah, I'll in put the, the show email. notes. I'll put the email in Otherwise, it's just podcastfortwopeople at gmail.com. That's podcastfortwopeople at gmail.com. What's that again? Yeah, it's podcastfortwopeople at gmail.com. Okay, thank you. Yeah, if you guys have any movies you want us to cover, anything like that, shoot us an email or... We might shit on it. Yeah, we might shit on it. But honestly, we've, we've gotten a couple <laughs> recommendations and we've, we've enjoyed them. They're both pretty. Yeah, both pretty fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we really appreciate that. We love that. We love hearing from you guys. So please keep it up. And I hope that this uh, found you in good spirits. And if you're in bad spirits, I hope you're in good spirits now. Yeah. Same. <laughs> <laughs> I am, yeah. You nailed it. Woo! I think that's uh, I think that's right, buddy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
Sing on 